Our Lord is so devoted to restoring people who are lost and broken. And sometimes the most powerful witnesses are those who are broken. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Our uh, today's uh, topic is, again, the apostolic tradition, and in particular, James the Lesser, or the other James, or as he's called in the Chosen TV series, Little James. And Little James is portrayed in the Chosen as someone with a physical disability, someone who's used to being marginalized in society because of his physical disability and his relative height and so forth. This is somebody who's used to being quiet and in the background, used to being subjected to abuse and having opportunities taken away from them or never given to them in the first place. And this becomes a very personal matter for me then because October is Spina Bifida Awareness Month. Now, it turns out that there are a lot of other things you can be aware of in any given month. It's hard to keep up with them all now. But Spina Bifida Awareness is a particularly important thing to me because my bride and I have two children with Spina Bifida. And they've been our heroes for a long time. Today I'm wearing a t-shirt in honor of them. I'll, I'll tell you what it says. Uh, I can't read upside down, but I have a picture of my t-shirt to refer to. I'm a proud dad of a freaking awesome, lovable, cheerful, positive, hopeful, strong, resilient, courageous, valiant, never quitting, spina bifida warrior. Yeah, that's what I am. It's okay, yeah, thank you. And one of the things that I want you, I'm just going to paraphrase the scripture reading this morning um, because I want to show you a little video. But the, uh, the scripture reading is about how some people uh, loved their friend who was physically disabled so much that they would do whatever it took to get that friend into the presence of Jesus. And you might know the story if you've been around church all your life. They were so committed to getting their friend into the presence of Jesus that they opened the roof of the home where Jesus was teaching from and lowered him down right in front of Jesus. And of course, Jesus was moved with compassion by their love for their friend and by the brokenness that he saw in their friend's body. And so he restored this young man. And for a person in those days, who was that physically limited, there were very few options. Life was going to be hard, if not impossible. People nowadays with disabilities find life hard, maybe not as impossible, but it's still hard. And for those of us who love them, it's hard. And I've never ever talked about my kids' spina bifida in church services or acknowledged this month of uh, awareness ever. And it's simply because I just didn't want anybody to feel sorry for them because they don't feel sorry for themselves. And I didn't want anybody feeling sorry for us because we don't feel sorry for ourselves. It's a privilege when God gives you special people that need extra love and care. God was saying, in effect, Dan and Laura, Bethany, Jonathan, Alex, 
they need you and I trust you to help them. And my family's made me so proud. Every one of them has gone out of their way, living a more difficult life than a lot of people have to live because of their love. They're like those people who lowered their friend through the roof to Jesus. And they've never felt sorry for themselves about it. And they've never regretted it. And I can promise you, Laura and I have never regretted it. We are thankful for this privilege of raising these very special young people and living with them. Sometimes they're easier to live with than others, though. <laughs> I love you, Ruthie. She didn't want to come to church this morning. Can you believe that? I said, I'm going to say something nice about you from the pulpit. And that wasn't enough. Oh, well, let's get on to the message that God has for all of us, though. I'd like you to watch the passage from The Chosen that was probably one of the most moving scenes in the entire miniseries. And... Uh, We'll talk about that afterwards. So take a look at this right now with me. Pastor. James. May I have a moment? Of course. I have really I don't always have to speak. Slow to speak. It's a very good quality. <laughs> I did to ask you a question, please. So you are studying this out with the ability to heal the sick in pain. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you are telling me that I have the ability to heal. Praise God in spite of this. 
to not have to focus on all that matters so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. But the others, they're so much more. So much more what? <clears throat> Stronger? Better than this? James, I love you. But I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say to something that I Beautifully and wonderfully But it doesn't make this any easier. And in this group, it doesn't make me feel like any of us have A burden? First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with silence temper. Trust me.
That's pretty powerful stuff, huh? When we watched that for the first time in the movie theater, I was sitting next to Nathan in front of Ruthie, and through my own tears, I was looking at them, kind of watching how they were watching it, and they were just riveted, just totally into the scene. And when the movie was over and the house lights came up, Nathan and I stood up, and he looked over at me, turned that way he does because of his one leg being a little different from the other. And he turned and looked at me and he said, Dad, i got to be honest with you. That scene where Jesus was talking to little James, I thought he was talking to me. And he was. He was. Do you know that Jordan Walker Ross, the young man that plays little James, has severe scoliosis and cerebral palsy? He's doing exactly what his character was told to do. Witness through your disability. That's powerful stuff. I got to tell you right now that, that there's a range of emotions going through me and a million things I'd love to say, but I want to stay on task and remind you that what's going on here is the Lord is speaking to all of us about the things that burden us and bog us down and bind us up. And he's asking you to witness through it. See, I'll tell you what Nathan and Ruthie do because I've watched them do it all their lives. I mean, they, they strive to reach their physical limits and they never give up. I remember a spell about 20 years ago when Nathan decided he wanted to see if he could do a headstand. And so he'd be sitting in the living room and about every 15 minutes he'd try again. Thump! Down he'd go. And one day, weeks and weeks later, we heard this, Mom! Dad! I'm doing it! And there we were looking in the living room at Nathan upside down. Then when they go to the various places they go to pass their time and to live meaningful lives, they, they find themselves around others whose disabilities are far more severe than theirs. And they'll come home and they'll tell me about how they comforted those other ones. How when so-and-so has one of his episodes, I go over to him and hold his hand and help him calm down, you know? In other words, they do every day exactly what Jesus told little James to do, to witness through their disability, to be a gift to the world that doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside or what form it comes in. See, that's what we forget. That was the exact reason that they killed Jesus, you know, because he didn't come in the format that they were expecting. He was far too mild-mannered, far too willing to associate with undesirables. He was far too unlikely to fulfill the worldly expectations of a Messiah. And that's the point, you know. The point is to be different from the world, to be set apart by God in an extraordinary way 
And the beautiful thing about being physically disabled or mentally disabled or whatever your outward problem is, is you've already got a head start. They've got an advantage over the rest of us because we think we're normal. And so we try to compromise with the world by being normal. But if you're a Christian, if you're devoted to Jesus Christ, you're not normal. Quit trying to be normal. I have become very comfortable with the weird abnormalities that I have perfected because I've been a Christian for so long. I've had some fascinating conversations with people this week about the times we're living in and what do they mean. And I've, I've owned publicly some things that I've always sort of kept to myself for fearing of people in churches thinking that their pastor was a little whacked out. But I've decided it's time to be a little less normal and just go ahead and admit that what I believe the Bible says is true may be hard for a lot of lifelong Christians to believe, but it's there and I won't deny it. And so I promise you that I'm going to keep preaching from the Bible and I'm going to keep sharing everything it says, no matter what you think of me. Because if my kids can do it, I can do it. I'm going to live like I'm not normal because that's what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't be normal. Normal is just one step above being totally engrossed by the flesh. And the people who do things entirely for the sake of their flesh are just one step above some of the terrors we witness in this world. There's a lot more in my notes for you, but what I'd like you to understand is that when you're around people like Nathan and Ruthie and some of the other abnormal people in the world, you are almost certainly entertaining angels unawares, as Hebrews tells us. And it would be wise to remember that when you serve the community unconditionally loving your neighbor in the name of Jesus Christ, you may be entertaining angels unawares. Keep that in mind too. Because the Lord likes unlikely characters. Because the Lord uses unlikely characters all the time. And just so you can put it all together with things in the world these days, I want you to hear me clearly when I tell you that Israel is exactly the kind of abnormal, unlikely hero people that the Lord seems to just delight in using. People will say, why do they call the people of Israel the chosen? Because God said so. I have that on very good authority. I have listened to many scholars far more qualified than me say, why did God choose Abraham and create a people called Israel to be his chosen? And the answer is because God wanted to. And who knows who else he could have picked or why, but he picked them. And the one thing we know for sure is, is they were the least likely to succeed. And I promise you, as you witness the things 
that will be part of the news in the coming weeks, one of the things you're going to see is God delights in victories for his namesake through the unlikely ones. And the Bible promises that he will not withdraw his covenant with Abraham ever. And that he will stand with those people, not because they are great, but because they are small. Not because they're strong, but because they're weak. Now, if that's how God deals with an entire people group for generation after generation after generation, is it not reasonable to assume that that's how God intends to deal with you? It is when you are weak that he becomes strong. It is when you don't know what to do that you are ripe and ready for him to do through you unbelievably amazing things. It turns out that people with the disability have us at a disadvantage because they already know they're weak. They already know they're incomplete in some way and they already know they need help. And I'll tell you a little secret. There's something they don't know that's really helpful. It's really beneficial that they don't know something you and I know. They don't know the pride that comes from thinking you can do everything. That you determine your destiny. That you determine your success. That you are a self-made woman or man. The one thing about people with disabilities is they don't live with that burden. And you'd be better off if you gave up that burden. No one is really a self-made anything. Because God made you and he gave you the gifts that you have and he helped you to grow your strengths. And if you do it in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, God will take those things that you do and use them for the benefit of his family. And that's why we go to church. You know, there's a lot of people bailing out on church these days. A lot of people who don't go to church anymore. And it's because they think they don't need it. Now, I'm not picking on them, not naming them. I'm not calling them out. I'm saying there are a lot of people who don't go to church anymore, who used to go to church, but through COVID and a lot of political upheaval and everything else, they've turned church into another flesh-serving activity. And they've decided that it doesn't fall that high on their priority list. Now, some people stay away from other reasons, but, but by and large, the church around the world is shrinking right now because people had a chance to decide how much their flesh needed church and their flesh said, not that much. But you, you need church. And it isn't buildings and hymns and preachers. It's the family. This is what church is and this is what you need. This is what they're missing out on. See, the nice thing about people with handicaps and disabilities is that they have no problem accepting the fact that they need other people. They need a friend who will lower them through the roof 
so Jesus can heal them. They need someone to help them with really basic functions. Unpleasant functions even. They need someone to help them get where they need to go and do what they need to do and be all that they can be. And the problem with us able-bodied people, us normal people, is, is we forget. We need help too. We need it a lot. So do you understand what Jesus was saying to little James in that beautifully presented scene from The Chosen? He was saying, won't it be awesome for all the people that you heal, for all the people that witness the truth and love that comes from the Holy Spirit of God through you? Won't that be amazing? Someone who cannot do as much for them physically as stronger people, more able-bodied people, will save their souls. Not for a lifetime, but for eternity. And so I'll close with this picture that came from that scene and from my imagination. And I usually have a hard time saying this, but it bears repeating. There will come a day when I'll dance with my daughter in the halls of heaven. There will come a day when I'll run in heaven's fields with my son. It's just a matter of time. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for your word. Now burn it upon our hearts and change our natures. Help us to be abnormal and to embrace it joyfully so that we can glorify you through our weakness and that we can take the strengths you give us and the abilities you give us and apply them to bringing you more glory. Well, Lord, we understand now more than ever that humility is the secret to success in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be humble. We pray for your name's sake, amen. Mm -hmm.